Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Great. Thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation between John and myself where we review a listener-submitted minute of content, either from a movie, TV show, or somewhere else on the internet, and we talk about it, try to figure out what's going on and uh, what we think is going to happen next. John, what are we looking at today? Uh, today we're looking at the airplane drive-by scene uh, from Olympus Has Fallen, uh, and this is uh, supplied by Chris uh, Taylor, I believe? It is, yep, Liquid Swordsman again. Liquid Swordsman. Excellent. And this week's episode... From the Slack. Yep. And this week's episode is brought to you by HelloFlesh. Are you tired of the same boring meat options available at your local supermarket? Cow? That's so 2000 and late. Good thing some pervert started the HelloFlesh delivery service. (laughs) They'll mail you a deer leg, goat tongue, yak loin, or a dog arm. For more information about these innovative dining options, visit HelloFlesh.com. We have an exclusive promo code this month john just for this podcast oh you can sweet. use you can use the code minute to receive a 25 percent discount off of any quantity of kitten meat so that's helloflesh.com discount code minute for all of your kitten meat uh, check it out it's a great service mm-hmm. so how are you, how are you liking your hello flesh uh service that, you, that you've you've gotten so far paul you know, the only thing i've tried so far was the uh, deer leg actually which is a little bit tame so i'm just gonna work my way up to the kitten meat i don't want to don't want to start you know yeah too high yeah but the goat was good okay that's or deer good. whatever i said whatever deer, i said it was great I believe, I believe you said deer deer yeah. leg i'm just imagining you gnawing on a giant smoked deer leg right now paul which is hard to imagine all right so uh <laughs> We're going to go through this uh, this scene, Paul. Uh, what I want is you to just go through and describe this scene real quick for me. Okay. So, in this scene, uh, in this minute, it starts off with Gerard Butler sitting at his desk. Uh, we then, we see an airplane sort of come, come by, do a slow drive-by-ish shooting on the National Mall and then through the streets of D.C. Gerard runs down a hallway and then some missiles are shot at this plane. And that's what we see. Yeah. Oh, John, right. I, um, we forgot to mention, though. Have you seen this movie? Uh, I have not seen this movie. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, a level of familiarity, zero. How about you, Paul? Weirdly, also zero. I feel like I saw the trailer for this a lot, but never saw it. I don't think it was any good. I thought I but... had seen this movie, but apparently I saw a nearly identical movie <laughs> called something yeah. else. Uh, with Channing Tatum in it and Jamie Foxx. I feel like that came out like two years after this, but it sounded like Did the it? same movie. I don't know. It it's it's basically it feels the same. It's about Definitely. the president being taken away. <laughs> I don't know. Something uh, like that. it yeah. obviously stuck with me. Channing Tatum is beautiful, I guess. I don't know. Unless he um, unless he turns out to be a milkshake duck and I take everything back and he's actually a horrible human being. I'm not really sure at this point. I think that that's the most internet-y terminology that's ever been used on this podcast and <laughs> I, I don't think we should stop to explain what a milkshake duck is instead 
I think we should do a script reading because there's some dialogue in this scene that we just have to get out there. There is some very important dialogue here. All right, Paul, so who are you going to be playing as? So I'm going to be playing the part of the airplane. Okay, and I'm going to be playing all of the other parts. Excellent. All right. Pew, 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 pew. All units, nine, nine, nine. I repeat, all units, nine, nine, nine. Pew, 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 Click. And scene. Excellent. I thought I really captured the essence of what <laughs> looks like a military cargo plane. Yes. Uh, I, I I was there, Paul. Like, it, it felt like <laughs> I was there in the moment. This is like... This is like VR level stuff here. Ooh, excellent, excellent. Well, John, um, do you want to give an initial response to what what happens in this minute? So, my initial response is, uh, like, this is a strangely accurate plane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, my initial response is, uh, this was a very intense scene, and Gerard Butler basically, like, goes from squeezing uh, uh, a stress ball to then looking out the window from the office, you know, chair that he's in, and seeing, I assume, this plane Mm -hmm. shooting, like, rather accurately, people just standing in the mall, then, like, you know, people on DC streets and stuff like that. It's, It's kind of disturbing, like, but in a strangely, like nonchalant way that we delivered this scene in that that is a good point i think what what struck me first about the scene is that if this is supposed to be some sort of surprise attack then flying a military looking cargo plane really low over the lincoln memorial is not a good way to go about that no very conspicuous. Uh, yeah, if you're going for the president, I feel like shooting up the mall on your way there is the least helpful thing that you can do. Yeah, not that not that we are in any way uh, uh, giving hit, uh, hot tips to any any people that want to try and shoot the president. I'm just saying, in this movie, it seemed like a poor choice. Well, it definitely did, and it does raise the larger question of what their intent in the attack is and we we can circle back around to that but to me it it's incredibly strange that if you have a cargo plane your method of attack is some sort of automated machine gun fire yeah but also uh, it's a it's so accurate yes it's incredibly accurate like the every shot goes through a person and like that's terrible to say but it's it's just it feels very unrealistic especially when they're flying around like the mall has trees. Like the the the, the downtown has trees. Like DC is not like a. Uh, I mean, I guess it's a pretty open floor plan in terms of the mall, and then like about a block into like downtown DC. But like, mm-hmm. other than that, like once you get in there, like I don't think many pedestrians are very visible. Like I don't think it's. You know, I I don't think they are. But let. Plus all What's the flags. Weird? There's so many flags. Flags are good visual cover. Yeah. But what's what's weirder to me, John, is that so you've got these two very generic pilots in the cockpit. Yes. Probably no lines in the whole film. Yep. Uh, one of them hits a button, and then there's this automated machine gun fire. We don't we don't see any swiveling, any sort of turret movement. 
No, it's just like that, that just like, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, just <laughs> driving a plane, Yeah, like, uh, what, like a, a mile up or something like that? I actually then, think it's pretty low to the ground. It's gotta be really low, right? Like, if, what, if, like if you, the shot feet? when he's, like, yeah, like when, was... when, when Gerard's looking out his window, I feel like it's just like two tree heights above the tree canopy. Yeah. So maybe that's like a hundred feet. I guess it's true. And I guess if they had like hyper intelligent robots shooting out of the plane. I don't even think they have robots. So I think think what's happening is that they're just aimed in such a way that they know they will hit the sidewalks and they're just flying in a straight line going along the sidewalks because there's no movement. There's no aiming happening. And that's some messed up geometry going on there. That's what I'm saying. Someone planned this. Someone, Someone planned with a, this. Yeah. With a basic job of angles. Basic understanding of angles. It's anyway. Very, very disturbing, Paul. I think it is. And we'll circle back around to it. But can we talk a little bit about Gerard Butler's desk and office situation? Of course. I, I, this is what I've been waiting for, Paul. Mm. I always love good office talk here. Well, I've, I've got some stuff, John. I mean, the, the first is that. Do you think how, well? How do you think this office looks? Do you think it looks like fake, like a believable office in DC? Well, first off, we know it's in America <laughs> because True. it's there's an American flag right behind Gerard Butler's head in the very first shot. It's true. It's nice that they frame it that way from the it's start. It's like it's like oh, is this is this office in DC? I don't know. Oh look, there's an American freaking flag right there. They should have mm-hmm. had a DC flag. That would have been much more applicable. Uh, more specific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as a hobbyist vexillologist, I personally mm-hmm. love the design of the DC flag, so. Well, that sounds like a conversation for a different podcast, but what- <laughs> Yes, Vexillolipod, my new podcast that I'm going to be airing, I will be pushing all episodes onto this feed, so you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's more interesting to me than the vexillological ramifications of the flag, John, is <laughs> the the amount of mahogany in the room. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like classic DC desks from the eighties. Masculine big, as fuck. They're just, mm. but on the other hand, there's an awful lot of them in this room from the angle. We can see that there's at least six of these desks in this room. Yes. Which makes me wonder what is Gerard's role and rank here? Like how important is he as a character? I mean, we know he's important because I think he's top build in the movie. I'm, I'm guessing, but Unless Jamie Foxx is the president, and I have actually seen this movie, and I just thought it was Channing Tatum the entire time. No, there's two different movies, I think. Oh, okay, there there are two different movies, okay. Yeah. Wait, is is, uh, Morgan Freeman the president in this one? I think so. Oh my god, that's amazing. I love it when he's president. I love when he does anything, but (laughs) what do you think? I almost said Channing Tatum, but Gerard Butler's, uh, (laughs) what's his job? Uh, I think, I so this 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 office reminds me of something from like uh, all the president's men or some sort of like, you know, I, I don't. There's just something about like DC plus office space that isn't probably the White House. I'm guessing that this isn't the White House. So like, okay. <clears throat> because he's able to see the mall so well, like you wouldn't be able to see the mall from the like like not not. Not from like the office building, like section of it or whatever. Like, it, sure. the like it, he would this this plane would be like a spot basically. Um, 
And frankly, there's so many damn helicopters and planes over top of DC, you would not be able to hear it very well. That's um, a fair point, yeah. Yeah, I guess the screaming and the shooting, maybe. Um, but, I mean, politics these days, am I right? Uh, but the the thing about it is that it does remind me of, like, a Woodward and Bernstein sort of, like, uh, like I don't know, journalistic office or something like that. But, like, okay. there's no way that he would be a journalist in this movie, right? Like, th- he's got to be, mm. like, a cop or a Secret Service agent. I mean, is there a Secret Service building nearby? Like, is yeah, there a they, they have offices near the White House somewhere. Okay, okay. Or it's at least it's at least in DC, but <laughs> at least I, I mean I would hope it's not a big city, right? Yeah, I mean no, it's, it's in not. DC somewhere. It's but true. I am ninety odd percent sure that you're right. He is a Secret Service agent in this. Mm-hmm. We we've got some clues. You're you're right. The federal flag in an office in DC makes me think he's a federal employee. He does have handcuffs on his belt. I don't know if he had a gun and a badge, but so I'm guessing he's a oh, you know an agent of some handcuffs. kind. But beyond that, if you look at his computer screen, John, there's a $100 bill on the screen as if he's analyzing fake currency, which, as we all know, was the first role of the Secret Service. Yes, that's amazing. Oh, my God, you're right. That is a $100 bill right there on the screen. They're like, what what does the Secret Service do? False. Yeah, they they monitor the currency. Counterfeit bills. Yeah, I I imagine like one of these windows is also just like a like a baby cam to to the president and vice president, <laughs> <laughs> something like that at least. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that I want to say about his desk though is first on his screen he mm-hmm. has far too many windows all open at once, but all oh, yeah. small, so they're not like tabs. They're just <laughs> different windows, so small you couldn't read anything on there, yeah. and that makes me angry for some reason. <laughs> it's definitely movie movie screen sort of thing like there's no way that you're supposed to see what that chart trailing down means no no idea which i assume is like the number of hundred dollar bills in circulation in circulation or something like that or something like that but also john he only has one monitor and it's a small monitor and it's like it's freaking me out anyone who, who can work with a single monitor in an office job i don't understand them with no less than what looks like at least four windows, possibly five, if, like, the space behind it is not just, like, the mm-hmm. the desktop or something like that. Yeah, I mean, get this guy a second monitor. He can monitor a second bill. He could be the guy in charge of hundreds and twenties. I mean, yeah. it's Man. basic efficiency. Yeah, no, this is, it is, that would be torture. This is um, what's wrong I with DC today. I do like today. his desk lamp, though. Although, what's he use it for? I mean, he has a computer. What do you need? Maybe he's looking at the bills. Digitally oh. and paper copy. In physical form. They are all Dell monitors. They look pretty nice. Um, I also the government that, does buy Dell. I also noticed that just in case when you don't see the American flag, you're like, is this office still in America? They do have an American uh, map. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then what looks like most likely a DC map, I'm guessing. At the I thought wall. it was a, yeah, a DC map covered in post-it notes. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> every time a politician moves, they have to, like, chart it out or something? I don't know. Well, it's something like that. But the next thing we hear, though, is, what was it called? Um, code 999? Yeah. What do you think code 999 means? I don't know. Uh, I'm... It sounds like the highest code. It, it 
I mean, yeah, no, because if it goes past a thousand, then then really it's Y two K all over again. Exactly. Uh, there's only three digits for the codes. Yep. Um, so I'm guessing it has to. The code nine 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 means giant fuck off plane is shooting people over, <laughs> <laughs> uh, over the uh, over the mall. And you know, on, on the one hand, John, that's very specific. But on the other hand, if you have nearly a thousand codes to work with, maybe you could have one that's specific. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, I gotta, I gotta imagine there's, there's gotta be a Secret Service plan for an aerial assault on the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it's a good plan, or well, that it's not exactly what goes down right here. But like, yeah, apparently it involves running down a hallway getting into an elevator, and then running down another hallway, as far yeah. as we know. Lots of hallways in the White House, apparently. Secret if this is hallways. in the White House. That's true. It could be could be someplace else. Uh, well, we'll circle I mean, back there, around to that. There, yeah. are, there are secret underground passages in D.C., which to me boggles mm. the mind, because like the water level of D.C. is not very low. Like, like It's pretty close to the water level. DC yeah, it's pretty high. Swamp. Those passageways can't be pleasant places. No, I wouldn't think so. I mean, you'll no. occasionally see them in a, um, like a press, I'm trying to think of the thing, interview, is that the word? Mm. But some congressmen will be interviewed in the secret tunnels walking from meeting to meeting. Ooh. And they always look kind of nasty. Yeah. I bet, you, I bet you just, like, get, like, damp while in there. I'm sure you do. Just, like, ambiently damp. Hmm. All right. So first things first, Paul. Uh, I want to know: Did they shoot this in DC, or did they just green screen in uh, all of this stuff, and then yeah. shot shot the rest of it in like Vancouver or something like that? Because I'm looking at this police car here, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I've been out of DC for about three months now, so it's mm-hmm. been about three weeks since I've seen a DC police car, um, okay. and I don't know if at Two minutes and four seconds, if that's a D.C. police car. You know, I don't think it's a D.C. police car. I think it's a prop car, but it does look like a D.C. street. My theory, yeah, my, my theory is that they either filmed it in, um, well, filmed the outdoor parts in D.C. or in, like, suburban Ontario, where uh, maybe the streets look, you know, similar. There's not a lot of high buildings. Maybe but, Georgia? Like, Atlanta? Does Atlanta uh, have wide streets like that? It sounds like they might. But I'm sure the um, like the internal the the indoor filming I should say was not done in DC. No, no, God no, that would cost a fortune. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. Very interesting. Well, I have another one of my pet peeves has has come up during this minute. So we had the the monitors thing, which I will yeah. not apologize for. But you don't it, have to, Paul. Good. The second thing I think is like a cardinal movie sin, though, of federal agents or other law enforcement returning fire with small arms or rifles against something that's a far away b moving quickly and c in an urban area so they're basically just firing guns up into the air knowing they can't really damage a cargo plane or at least you know not hope to effectively do it i mean like and and that's gonna kill somebody they're coming back down there's like feet of metal between those police officers and any pilot like yeah yeah, I I hate when movies and TV shows do that. Or um, if you'll you'll see a show where a cop is returning fire against 
someone in like the building three buildings down and it's a busy urban street and he's shooting his pistol but it's a half mile away and yeah. i'm like no 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 one's going to do that that's ridiculous no. and for some reason it really bothers me because as a police officer you're going to see all those people and think oh that's a crowded street i shouldn't do this like well, hopefully yeah hopefully i mean like no but like like there's there's got to be training for that at least like like uh, you know for whatever you think about police mm. training like there's got to be that at, at the very least like do not fire into an open street that i will i will give them that uh mm. but the 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 next thing though is the missiles yeah uh, why don't you talk about that like okay so the president is like okay there's a plane it's over a very heavily populated, very densely populated. It's daytime in DC right now. That means that it's like the third largest city in the country or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh and and not to mention that like thousands of thousands of people just in the trajectory of this plane and they want to yep. shoot it down? Like, no. That's not going to ha- like no matter how many bullets mm. go <laughs> shoot out of this plane at like I don't know, a 22 degree angle or whatever they're doing, whatever magic, like kill every person below them angle they're doing. Right. It still would not amount to the same number of casualties. If one, if this plane crashed into a giant office building and just crushed everyone in there. Yeah. Which makes me think two things. First, that they must think that the plane's going to the white house to try to kill the president. Yeah. I don't know how the plane's going to do that, but that must be why they're shooting it down or trying to. But it also makes me wonder, do we have this kind of missile defense system in place in D.C.? And if so, do we only have the one? Because (laughs) in this scene, we have the one missile defense system, which fires, uh, is not able to destroy the plane because they release their countermeasures or whatever. Yeah. And uh, then we're assuming that we don't have another one to shoot at him? No. Uh, Yeah. And because the plane then launches its... um like flak it's a uh, disruptive flak like like uh, i don't know what little tiny mini missiles that disrupt and then explode the intercept and in, the missile that's trying to intercept the plane are they are they flares to like attract a heat seeking missile or i think they're called flak i think that's what they're called that's well, what they're called in video yeah. games so i don't know <laughs> but uh but basically yeah they're like interceptive like tiny little like pieces of flares or metal or something that are shot out of the plane to keep missiles from actually hitting the plane. Uh, still feels like this giant cargo plane with propellers, mind you, not jets, propellers, w- would still be rather heavily affected by a near explosion, right? That's a good like, point. I didn't think that it was propellers. That's uh, That's old school. I'm pretty sure it's propellers. It's no, you know, you're like right. You're thing. right. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> like, you know, there's not a great deal of force projecting it forward, which is probably why it's able to go so slow. Maybe? I don't I don't know how jets work. I don't know how propellers no, don't know work. How planes so, work. yeah. Planes are just magic to me. But, uh, but I can't imagine that, like, an, an explosion that nearby would not result in some sort of major failure of the plane. Or at, or at least shake the plane slightly, which we don't see. No, we did not see it at all. Um, okay, and then are you ready to move on to the very last scene, Paul? I have, well, the very last scene, meaning when they're running down the hallway? Yeah. The yeah, hallway. I'm ready for that. All right. So 
they they run down this hallway and so it's the by, by ele- day, ele- I mean, the, it's the elevator from mm-hmm. the shining first true yep the blood comes out and then all of these uh secret politicians yep yep uh, got it uh run down the end of the hallway and there's some sort of scanner they're trying to get into some sort of secure area we assume and it says white house p-e-o-c you mean piak yeah john what does piak stand for uh i Damn it, Paul! You asked me. I was gonna ask you. This is gonna be well, my gotcha I, I have an question. idea. Okay, what, what's your I idea? It might be President's Executive Offensive Council. Damn, That's not a, a great answer. idea, but it's it's a an answer. I I only got it as far as penis. So um. enlargement, of course. <laughs> yes, penis enlargement, of course, John. Yes, a horse, of course. Well, I don't know about that. No, but, uh, and so, yeah, so there's a number pad and a place for you to put your, um, credit card, something. What, what is that? I I thought there was just the, um, thumb scanner, your fingerprint scanner, and then the keypad. I didn't see a, like, key card slot. Oh, is it a thumb scanner? A thumb scanner. Okay, that's what that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just well, it's, ridiculously it's large. It's just a ridiculously large area. Maybe it's a thumb and back of your index finger knuckle scanner. Could be like a back of your index knuckle. Yeah, because oh, yeah. he's like doing like the Bill Clinton thumbs up sort of thing. Something like that. Yeah. But you're right. It's it's a weird um a weird interface there. I don't Have know. Have you ever used a, a hand scanner to open a door, Paul? I actually never have. Have you? Yes, I have. Uh. They're disgusting. <laughs> Are they? They probably don't get cleaned very often. Uh, it's not even that. It's that they require a certain amount of moisture in your hand to register your, your hand to begin with. Uh, but I have dry hands, John. Exactly. So what you got to do is you got to get that, you gotta get that uh, sweet alcohol uh, hand sanitizer that's right next to it. Rub mm. your hands up in that, lube them up, and then put it on the hand scanner. So that the next person in line <laughs> gets a good feel of your leftover uh, hand sanitizer on the scanner. You know, that is pretty gross, but I thought you were going to say you just have to spit in your hand. So that's not as gross as uh, I thought. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like spitting your hand would be a lot less like, like you probably wouldn't feel if I just spat once, like unless you have a saliva problem, like you probably don't have enough saliva to really like soak your hand in it. Whereas this pump dispenser just gave you like a tablespoon or two of this yeah. hand sanitizer, so your hand is gross, just sloshing in it, and like you don't have time, like like you don't have time to get through it, like 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 you just gotta put it on your hands and then put it on on the hand scanner, wait the few seconds as you just really soak in, you know, your brain, you know, the neurological sensation of your hand touching this gross pad seeps yeah. into your brain, and then you just get to enjoy that for a few seconds. Man, you know, the the RFID chips, the fobs, the key fobs, that's so much better. Mm. So much better. Well, that does sound pretty gross, John. And it makes me wonder, uh, how do you think we got to this scene? And what do you think happens next? All right. So I think that these are terrorists attacking DC in order to capture the president. But I think that they're a distraction. Son of a bitch, John. That's my theory, too. Keep going. I I think that they're using this plane as a distraction so that they can intercept the president as he's going into his, like, safety protocol or something like that. Now, 
how about you do you have do you have like a do you have any more specifics beyond that paul if we're both going down the like president being intercepted on the way to the safe house just a little bit uh my theory is slightly more so that this is definitely someone invading or you know coming in to kill the president or capture um I agree that this is a distraction ploy because it's so wildly ineffective seeming. Yeah. Uh, I mean, effective in the sense that they've killed 60 people already. <laughs> like, Which which is is effective. But, yes, but not in the yeah. kill the president sort of effectivity, I guess. Yeah, but, but I think their plan is actually to intentionally trigger um, Protocol 999 to get everybody together into this safe room and then kill all the senior staff. Mm. So I don't think the president's going to be in there, but I think they're wiping mm. out like... Maybe the vice president, maybe the senior heads of the FBI and the CIA. Basically, everybody other than the president and Gerard Butler. Mm. And then they have to work together to take down the Russians? The Russians. Hmm. I mean, I feel like the Russians are a 1950s and 2017 bogeyman. I don't think Mm. they're like a 2015? Is this 2015? Around then. Yeah. Around then. I don't think that they, they were as much of a bogeyman when this movie came out. I'm no, guessing that's true. I'm guessing that these are environmental terrorists. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I only guess that because like again, like what what was so wrong with the world <laughs> in twenty fifteen that we didn't know how good we had it. Yeah. That that they would attack uh our dear sweet president, uh I don't like I I imagine or maybe maybe I feel like this kind of movie would not go into like drone strike territory like like as in like no. it's like people you know attacking us based on you know the experience of being drone strike which would be the massive humanitarian thing that would be going down at that time mm-hmm. other than you know the fact that our world is boiling around us um so I'm well, guessing that. environmental yeah. terrorists. What, what what do you think their motivations are, Paul? I think it's your pretty standard, some type of Eastern European uh, terrorists are coming in to kidnap or kill the president. Um, and, they're, and they're after just, the nukes? I don't think they're actually after anything. I don't think it's a movie that's especially well thought out okay. or with a plot that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So I think they're they're just coming. I mean, it gotta, obviously has stop no dialogue. As far as we can tell, none in this entire film. <laughs> yeah, just like ambient sounds that are mm-hmm. made by people, but not necessarily dialogue. So I'm pretty sure and that that stays on the whole time. I think that's a small sample size, but there's there's no, nothing else to go off of. Absolutely. Well, John, given then what we know now, do you think we can recommend this movie and or minute to the listener at home? I'm going to say no. Uh... It might be, it might be, there's, uh, it's not that I didn't enjoy this minute. I enjoyed the minute. It's just that, like, the movie around this minute, I feel like I've just now seen what I needed to see, and now it's just going to be, like, I assume Gerard Butler trying to solve the problem uh, in, like, a way that isn't nearly as fun as any Die Hard movie would be, so why wouldn't I just watch Die Hard? I think I agree. Um, The fact that this movie's hit a couple of my pet peeves in this one minute. <laughs> yeah, and, and the computer I, I monitor feel... thing enough, you, you'd just walk out of the theater, wouldn't you, Paul? i just throw the popcorn into the air. It's like, but, Gerard deserves better. But really, I think that um, 
this movie doesn't think I'm very smart. It's like setting a low bar for what entertainment is. It has cops firing up into the air at a plane. I mean, yeah. I don't know. And if no, that's it. Just just a hard pass for me. Yeah. I don't think I can recommend it. I don't even know if I recommend this. Way clip. too effective. Yeah. Just way too effective at killing people. Not for me. Yeah. All right. This oh, well. is kind of a bummer now, Paul. Well, it's true. If you want, we can take turns saying Gerard Butler's name in a Scottish accent. Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler. Oh, that's so much better than mine. Gerard. Anyway, a big thank you <laughs> to Chris Liquid Taylor Swordsman for recommending this week's minute. It was a lot of fun, even if we don't uh, think we'll like the film. If you want to support the podcast, you can definitely submit a minute to us. You can Please. review us on iTunes or, um, you know, recommend the podcast to somebody else. Reach Absolutely. out to us at the minute podcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at MinutePod or just follow us around the grocery store when you see us. As always, this episode was hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John Ward with theme music by Paul Reberg. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Bye. Holy crap, you made it to the end. We'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.